Hello there, listeners. As you know, Pete and I like to practice good finding. And guess what we found? You! All of you who have been such loyal listeners and who have sent us questions, shared episodes, and brought other listeners into the long and the short of it community. We are so grateful to you, and we hope that you will continue to share your favorite episodes with the people you care about. Yes, and we also wanted to take a quick moment to remind you about our Box O Goodies, which is a weekly email where Jen and I put in our favorite resources relevant to that week's episode. It might be podcasts, it might be blog posts, it might be books, it might be videos, it might be quotes, it might be TED Talks, you name it. It will potentially be in the box of goodies. So you can sign up at our website, thelongandtheshortpodcast.com, and that will land in your inbox every Tuesday along with a link to this week's episode. Hey, Jen. Hey, Pete. I've been in the dip in the last few weeks <laughs> and was prompted to reread Seth Godin's book called The Dip. And I've had a few aha moments in relation to it that I think might be worth unpacking. I very much want to hear what you have to say about The Dip. So let's get on down there into The Dip and dance, shall we? This is the long and the short of it. So, for context, for those that don't know, Jen and I read and listen to quite a bit of Seth Godin. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't caught on to that yet. (laughs) He's just a really, really brilliant thinker and such a beautiful communicator. Anyway, one of his books is called The Dip. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And it's this tiny, you know, like 60-page short little book that you can read in an afternoon, but that packs a punch to use a Jen Waldmanism. And the book is described as being the book that helps you know when to quit and when to stick, which I love. And so, essentially, the book describes that in any project worth doing, in any change worth working on, in any endeavor that you are pursuing that is meaningful and interesting and worthy of your time, Anything that involves emotional labor will include what Seth calls the dip, which is that moment where you start off, you make great momentum, you're all enthusiastic, you're fired up, you're loving it, and then you hit that like trough or that dip of despair, of fear, of doubt, of insecurity, of questioning what you're doing, whether it's working, why am I doing this, should I quit, this is too hard, I don't want to do it. All of those like moments of swirly thoughts, that is the dip. So, I want to pause right there in the dip, Jen, and get your thoughts on how you feel about that description. I think it's (laughs) pretty accurate. I think it's pretty accurate. It's something that we can anticipate. Like once we know it's there and it's coming, we can anticipate it. But the thing that I love about the way Seth looks at the dip is he says, remember when you were told winners never quit? And then he goes on to say, yes, they do. That's how they win is they quit the things that aren't working and they stick with the things that are. So the wonderful thing about the dip is that while you're down there, you've got choices to make. Yeah. And actually, I would even I would even challenge that. Like, if you're really good at identifying what work is worth doing, you actually quit before you get to the dip. 
that quitting in the dip is actually the wrong place to quit because you've already done mm. so much emotional labor. So the challenge becomes, can I look at my projects and foresee that like one guarantee is there'll be a dip. And so am I committed enough from the start to get through what will be a dip, what will be a moment of doubt and insecurity and fear because I see on the other side of that dip that there is a change worth working towards. There's an outcome worth striving towards. And that the saying no part, if you're honest with yourself, you should be able to predict that before you even start, before you even get to the dip. Like (laughs) social media is a great example. And I'll use the long and the short of it, Instagram account experiment, which (laughs) we did once upon a time. That if I was honest and I taken the moment to think about when the dip comes, is it going to be worth pursuing on Instagram? Is there, an, is there an outcome that's worth getting to on Instagram? Probably not. I mean, if we had got 20,000 followers on Instagram, would that have meant anything? Probably not. So, Oh, that is such a good point. How did we miss that? <laughs> we did. We did indeed. So anyway, I just think the thing about the book and the thing about the idea is there, there are two choices. You either pick things that are worth pursuing where you know there'll be a dip or you quit before you even get to the dip so that you have more energy to get through the dip on the things that are worth getting through. So there's that. Can you talk about the shape of the dip? Yes, I can. I can't, I can't annotate it for everyone else, but I'll annotate it for you and I'll describe it. So the shape of the dip is, if you imagine like a, a graph with an X and Y axis, you shoot up, which is your level of enthusiasm and energy on the Y axis. You shoot up, you have energy, you're inspired, you feel great. So it's like, straight up, I'm amazing. This is the best project ever. What a great idea. Then you like hit a trough. So you go down this dip. So it looks a bit like a a camel's hump, if you like. So I'm heading down the dip. I'm deep in the pit of despair. I never want to do this again. This is a stupid idea. I mean, this is essentially the creative process. And then if you pursue for long enough, if you lean into the dip, if you are able to continue, you will start to come back out the other side. And if you continue for long enough, you'll actually end up in a higher spot than when you started. I think this is a really important point of the dip is on the other side of the dip is the change that you're working on or the project that you're seeking to bring to life. There is something on the other side of the dip that you don't yet have, which is why it's worth going through the dip. So that's what I have to say about the shape. Does that make sense? Yes, that's great. So I would love to hear you talk about something I heard you say recently about the difference between the dip and fatigue because I had never heard anyone explain this this way before and my mind exploded. So can can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'll try and remember what I said. So I was riffing with two of my friends, Dean and Marie, on the dip and what it looks like. And what we realized is that in this particular community we work in, sometimes we mistake fatigue for the dip. And that they're actually very, very different things. Like if you don't get enough sleep, if you don't have enough self-care, if you don't look after yourself, of course you're going to feel tired. Of course you're going to feel like you're in an emotional and physical dip because you're not looking after yourself. But that labeling that in air quotes, the dip, is actually incorrect. That the dip we're talking about, the dip that Seth writes about, is the hard part of a creative project, essentially. And you might have as much sleep as you could possibly imagine, but you still wake up and you're struggling on that project. So I think there's a very very clear difference that I think we often forget, myself included, which is, oh, I'm in the dip. Where it's actually like, well, did you sleep enough? Have you had dinner? Have <laughs> you had breakfast? You know, have you eaten? Have you like taken care of yourself? So I think that there's an important distinction there to be made. 
a couple weeks ago, you pointed out to me <laughs> that I sort of missed it, but now I see it in hindsight that we had gone through the dip with the long and the short of it. How did you how did you identify that? Because I was totally blind to it. I think it was around the time of the Instagram experiment. I know we joked about it, but I think it was around that time where it was like, for whatever reason, I and we were sort of thrashing to come up with an idea on how else can we serve the long and the short of it community. And what we came up with was this idea for Instagram and what we're now laughing about in hindsight is like, what were we thinking? What a silly idea. <laughs> and that what I recognize is we were we were at the bottom of the dip thrashing. Like we had great mm. inspiration and motivation to start. We got great feedback to start. People were saying they like the podcast. And then as over time, like the people that reach out to you, they don't reach out to you every single week. And so you start to get less feedback. And so then we start to think, huh, what if we came up with an experiment to reach out to our community, which is what we were trying to do. And so what I realized was, yeah, we were. I think we were thrashing in the dip. And the beauty is we worked through it and we were able to see like the light at the end of the tunnel, which is the box of goodies. And now we're getting some great feedback on that. So I think it's like, it's taken us to a better spot. But yeah, I think we went through the dip. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I see it now because you and I have recently had just this creative burst happened between us where we're like, we have a million ideas for all the things that we're going to build and we're going to make it and we're going to do it. And what I would love for us to consider is that out of this creative burst, we're going to identify the projects we want to work on and each one of them is going to have a dip. Mm, yes. And so then I guess the question becomes, I'll, I'll pose it to you, is like knowing a dip is coming, how might one prepare? Ooh, that's so great. Well, it's interesting because I've never really, I've similar to your aha moment about the arena, I've never really thought about going into the dip with another person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has always seemed like a solo venture the to me. Solo dip. <laughs> so I'm thinking about the duet dip. So one of the things I would want to do differently in the next dip versus the previous dip is that I think in our last dip, we resorted to the least creative option we could come up with as the solution just to, uh, one of my new favorite words, satisfice <laughs> our need for something new. We'll do a whole episode on satisficing. And what I would like to see us do in the dip is draw on our creativity sooner and in the words of Peter Shepard, be audacious instead of playing small. Like it was so easy to play small in the dip and be like, well, what does everybody else do? They get an Instagram account. I mean, like that is just, looking back on that, that was so ridiculous. And to your point, we had done, okay, so this is the other thing I'd want to do differently in the dip. Trust the work. Mm. Trust the work. You and I had done so much work on who's it for, who's it not for, what's it for, Instagram is not what it's for. If we were looking to sell things on Instagram, we would need lots of followers. Yeah. But like, what were we doing there? That that wasn't serving our who's it for, what's it for. That was all about our who's it not for. Wow. We happened to get some of our who's it for, like accidentally follow us on <laughs> Instagram, but that wasn't the point. And uh, we didn't trust the work that we had done 
enough to not fall victim to conforming. Mm, I like this. So trusting the work. And I mean, yeah, this goes to why it's important to have a a clear what's it for. So Seth, in the book, he talks about like there are cul-de-sacs. They're the things that are worth quitting, which is Mm -hmm. like there's there's a, a no through road. There's a dead end. There's no way through. So they're the things that you should quit before you get into the dip. Whereas the podcast never felt like a, a cul-de-sac. So I think there's there's merit in being clear in what it's for, having that vision of what it looks like on the other side of the dip. And this is a Gen Walbanism in terms of like beginning with the end in mind. It's almost like painting what it looks like on the other side of the dip so that when you're at the bottom of the dip, you can look up there and go, oh, that's right. That's what I'm working towards. Like I can trust that if I keep showing up, I will get through to there. And it seems to me... Tell me if you think I'm wrong about this. It seems to me that if you think of the dip as like an S on its side, it's just multiple connected S's over and over and over and over and over again. It's like it's an infinite cycle. It's not like you get past the dip and you're like, well, now I'm here and I'll just coast right here till the end of time. It's like, well, now I've raised the bar on my work. Yes. Which means new things need to come in, which means, guess what, folks? Another dip coming. Yeah. And it's a cycle. It's a cycle. And I guess when you, you could also think about it as a roller coaster ride, which would make it a lot more fun. Yeah. I love that. So it's like a never ending S on the side for those wandering home after my terrible description. <laughs> I also think. Something I love to think about is the idea of how you can differentiate in the dip. That the easy thing to do in the dip is to quit. Like that is the easy thing to do is things are hard, mm-hmm. I quit. And let's be real, so many of us do that on or have done that in the past. A lot of people quit when things get hard. And so to me, one thing I like is knowing that <laughs> if I continue to show up, that's the way we differentiate ourselves because 90% of people might have just quit when things got hard and that the way that I can distance myself from and, and you know, be thought of as having a, a world-class podcast, for example, is that you persist and keep going. And I cannot remember the statistic, but this has just reminded me that there was an article I read recently where there was X number of podcasts that exists in the Apple Podcast Library. It was a lot. I can't remember. But that only something like 20% of them had gone beyond eight episodes or something crazy like that. It was this statistic that just summarized the dip. Everyone's got an idea for a podcast. What do you do when it gets hard? So many people quit. So can you differentiate yourself by continuing to show up? That's also what I like to think about when I'm at the bottom of the dip. I don't know why this just came to me, but it got me thinking about winning streaks and how seductive they are and how they can really be like a funhouse mirror and distort the way you see the world. So, you know, I I like baseball. Sometimes these batters will have a hitting streak and it's like suddenly there's a lot of attention on the hitting streak Mm. as if it like has the potential to defy logic and like the person will never strike out again. And it's like at some point the streak is going to end. And I'm also thinking about this in terms of like, this is maybe less healthy than swinging about, but gambling, like at a slot machine and you're, you like hit a couple streaks and the assumption is that, well, now that I've done that, like that's going to be the thing. So it can be really disappointing 
when that ends because the streak was so seductive. And I think there is something to accepting, to your earlier point, accepting ahead of time that everything has an ebb and flow. Yeah, I think I think this conversation is about normalizing the dip. Is to anyone listening, mm-hmm. if you're doing work worth doing, if you're doing creative work, if you're trying to create change that maybe hasn't been done before, and you're feeling the dip, <laughs> know that it's normal. Know that it's to be expected. Know that it's a necessary part of the process. And I think in the dip lies imposter syndrome. In the dip lies fear. In the dip lies insecurity. In the dip lies that voice in your head that tells you that you're stupid and you shouldn't be doing the thing you're doing and that every single person that's doing creative work goes through a version of that. So, like normalizing that and being okay with that being part of the process I think is so important and something that I mentioned my friends Dean and Marie earlier, something that we do is we talk about it, is when you're in the dip, call it mm-hmm. out. Like put a voice to it. What, what does it look like for you to be in the dip? What is that voice in your head saying to you in the dip? Actually talk about it. Are you in any dips right now? I was last week. I was last week. But I am now outside of the... I've come through the other side of the dip. So, there was a project I'm working on that I do work with Seth Godin's Alt MBA, as many of the listeners know. And the first week of the, of the four-week sprint is often a heavy lift. Is like you get you know, hundreds of people from around the world... And you try and put them in lanes and get them to sprint. And that is a big emotional, like that is a lot of emotional labor. That is a lot of time. That is a lot of energy. And it's amazing and it's delightful and I love it. And off the back of it, I realized like I fell into the dip. And so for me over the weekend, it was about switching off. It was about recognizing that the work that we're doing, the change we seek to make, that the Alt MBA helps so many people and has helped so many people that it's work worth doing so I can continue to show up and pursue and persist through the dip. So yeah, I've been in the dip last week. What about you? I I think I'm on the upswing from it, but I definitely hit the dip with my writing mm. this summer because I had a sort of gigantic aha moment about what I was writing and then it was going to change so much of what I was doing and then I was like should I just throw up my hands and quit and walk away from this it's too hard to make this change yes and then of course I was like Jen cut it out cut it out are you really willing to walk away from putting your ideas down and sharing them with people. No, you're not really willing to walk away from that. So what are you going to do? Well, I had, because my summer schedule had been a little wonky, I had taken out my writing time from my calendar and was just sort of doing it when I found the pockets of time. So I put it back in my calendar. And then in my to-do app, which is amazing, called Things. Every day when I wake up, there's a reminder, write 2,000 words today. So showing up, trusting the work that I have accumulated over the many, many years <laughs> and putting it down on paper. I'm just doing it. Yes. So I think this is the final point I was, I was really keen to make, which is when you're in the dip, this is why it's so important to have a practice of showing up. Like what does showing up look like for you in this project? Is it 
that you commit to writing 2,000 words a day? Is it that you commit to recording three podcasts a week? Is it that you write a blog a day if you're Seth Godin? That what we need is a really, really tangible practice and a process that we can anchor ourselves in, that we can show up and do that every single day and that that is what gets you through the dip. And that is the long and the short of it.